video games all around whatever will we play so much time to have some fun and slay demons all the goddamn day hello everybody and welcome back to need more info podcast exploring the worlds of movies video games and tv shows for the festive season as it were it's so glad to have you all back today in this lovely extremely cold time we're having at the moment in the uk it is um for you for us british people it is minus two to minus six degrees for you know the fahrenheit people are there it's about 20 degrees fahrenheit so the temperatures have definitely dropped and we're all trying to feel all cozy at the moment and it definitely plays into the theme over the next few weeks with the comfort times for all the tv video games and and movies and getting the fireplace and getting the little snuggle going and that's going to be really lovely and everything but yes but today i'm joined by again by the lovely uh people chaz and fergus how are you guys doing today awesome awesome it's, it's okay. su- such common there yeah <laughs> <laughs> i wish i had a fireplace though I, I have nothing close to that just have to sit and wrap up in various hoodies and blankets and such i mean for me it's going to be putting a fireplace on my tv and getting an electric heater blowing hot air out and that's the nearest time i'm going to get get to it Yes, last Christmas it was the one-hour Netflix show of The Witcher Fireplace was the the most watched thing. uh, I was just going to mention that, but I (laughs) I was thinking of the regular one. I didn't know there was a Witcher version. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I I I have actually seen that back on Netflix. To be honest, at the moment, so that's uh, that's quite that's quite good. But no, um, how has your guys' week been since we uh, last spoke on the last episode? Uh, pretty good. Uh, I saw Violent Night last night um that was not bad um do you want to give your do you want to give it do you want to give a do you want to give a mini chaz review possibly in a little bit in a little bit yeah yeah can do um yeah apart from that just surviving work looking forward to being off for christmas not long now for me ah yes the the christmas times are coming not toys are rust rhyming and that's i didn't mean to do that but yeah uh thanks how about yourself man uh it's been trying to finish chaos head noah the visual novel before christmas holidays and it just keeps going and it just keeps getting worse but it's also doing all of the plot reveals that i've spent the last 20 hours building up to so it's just absolutely killing me as a game right obviously um you know we uh <clears throat> we all did a bit of partying at the weekend which was fun yes uh that that was uh i may have had a slight very slight hangover the next day um that was definitely fun there were lots of wine and vodka uh definitely styling though we were all we were rocking the styles at the weekend though i could definitely say we were rocking those looks uh just very tired the next day mm. yeah i don't get to dress up that much but it's nice every now and then to throw on a suit and uh go a bit sharper than usual sharper oh. than the regular hoodie and whatnot <laughs> ironically what we're wearing now uh yeah no uh, i definitely agree with you there dude it was, uh, it was it was it was a much fun weekend uh i did like I calculated I did about thirty six thousand steps like over those two days. So I was I was quite yeah. I was like, why am why am I so achy? Oh yeah. And then I was like, I'm just gonna get takeaway pizza, you know, have a nice chill time on the Sunday. And then uh Papa John's were like, Oh yeah, by the way, our delivery drivers are not coming out at all. You have to come collect it. So I was like, shit, because it was heavily snowing and my hands were freezing. And it was like it took me an hour there and back just to get the pizza. It was it wasn't fun, let's just say. I have a vaguely similar story. So I was like, I was like, not to like juxtapose, but I was like, I'm going to go to the gym. Uh, it was about 10 o'clock at night. Um, so I started walking there and it took me about twice as long as usual because the pavements were super slippy. I got there, went in, realized it's going to get colder and more icy and I should probably actually just try to get home. So I walked all the way to the gym and then turn back and walk all the way back before it got even more slippery. So yeah, that was a good use of my time. 
I just ended up walking on the road. I'm not gonna lie. I just walked on the side of the road. I was like, I, 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 well, you know, you guys know me. I am not, I am not dying in the snow. Like, <laughs> I'm not breaking my ankle again. I did exactly the same thing. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's just not the way to go. Did anyone build any snowmen? I just looked at the snow from my living room, but several people walked past with mini snowmen while I was cooking my dinner. Just mini snowmen walking around. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I saw I saw a couple of snowmen in the park because the, the big park where we we live, there, it was it was nicely blanketed. Like I actually walked through it, and it seemed like no one had been through the park yet. So I had like this like one lone walker trail through the snow, like the desolate wasteland and everything. Like just the trail across the it was it was a beautiful view and everything. But I saw one snowman the next day. It was a teeny little one, but it was it was nice. But yes, obviously you know we're dealing with the snow in the UK, and you know obviously you've come, you've come to listen to a good podcast, not us ramble on about snow too much. We don't get it too often in the UK, and when we do, we like to have a good time with it. But yeah, so uh, obviously you know these next few weeks we're going to be talking about comfort TV shows, video games, and movies because obviously you know during the Christmas season you like to just relax, you like to have a good time. But what we do here is we're not going to do favorite lists, we're not going to do like you know rankings. We're just going to talk about today our comfort video games for Christmas. This could be uh so games that you like to go back to that you know you just enjoy playing every now and then again or it's games that you're looking forward to playing over christmas that you haven't maybe had enough time to put into or it's just recently come out because there have been some games recently that come out and you're definitely looking forward to playing so we're definitely going to do that i think before uh what and what we'll do is at the end we'll have a uh, chas give him his uh take on violet a very mini review for violet night it'd be very interesting i'm looking forward to doing that myself in the new year but definitely his review up till that point but i think it's um as tradition i think it's time to sound off i think we're ready to get into the actual discussional part of the topic so fergus are we ready man i think we're ready to talk about those games that comfort us over christmas the the effort the 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 power in that word is so good but right yeah let, let's uh, let's go people so right let's just start off. have you guys any got any honorable mentions you'd like to mention today um yeah i've mentioned it before but uh mario rabbit's kingdom battle uh is quite a comfy game for me um because my family have taken to it quite uh a lot so it's the game i can sort of my parents can play my sister can play i can play against them we can sort of work together against whatever crazy rabbit creature there is um and we've spent literally an entire christmas trying to complete it i still need to complete that game to be because there is a difficulty spike towards the end of that single player yeah. campaign yeah uh does. what who is who is the it's um it's um bowser jr that's what when when i hit bowser jr that's when the difficulty spiked for me i thought and it was, it was quite frustrating yeah i know what you mean i think i struggled when we get got to like the bowser land sort of territory um just really hard you have to you have to really play it tactically perfectly which for you've been playing it hyper casually up until that point so you just don't have the skills to get to get anywhere yeah that is very very true to us that's very very true um uh, Chaz, any honorable mentions yourself man um, no but i will say that for me like a lot of the games i do play i do think are kind of comfort games because games for me are kind of uh, a way to like switch off at the end of the day they're a way to chill out occupy my mind you know switch off a bit so yeah um i could i could reel off a lot of games basically so that's kind of why i'm not going to do honorable mentions purely because a lot of games i play are comfort games to me that's that's fair that's fair man to be honest. right basically we'll do this rotation there people so i will go last and then we'll just rotate around but my other mentions have got three to talk about so 
Cyberpunk 2077. I am going to finish this game over Christmas. I'm 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 determined to finally finish this game. I I suppose I got like three missions before the end. James and Jordan are like, you know they're quite shocked. I never finished this game. Quite disappointed in me. So I'm definitely going to play that on a probably. Probably my PS5. I was considering Steam Deck, but I'd have to rebuy if I wanted to do that, to be honest. Uh, Marvel Snap, I'm actually just starting to get into, to be honest. I know, Chaz, you mentioned this before, actually. I didn't expect it to be as addictive as I expected it to be, to be honest. It's actually quite, it's very good. Very simple when you when you actually understand it, but very good. Yeah, whenever a new game comes out, uh, sorry, a new card game, I should say, comes out, I'm always a little bit interested because uh, two of the games I play a lot of are as you guys probably know now, why now? Um, Hearthstone and Slade Aspire. Um, so I do like uh, card strategy games, and I've heard good things about Marvel Snap. Um, it's it's on the very long list of stuff I might check out one day, maybe. I mean, yeah, it's on, it's on Steam and it's on mobile, and it's and, it, and you can save your progress over both. So that's really good. You can just carry that over when you're just chilling on the PC, play a few rounds of Marvel Snap. My final one is. Is the Dark Pictures Anthology games. I, I do need to, you know, we have been talking about it and whatnot, and I do want to catch up. And I know you guys are currently playing The Devil in Me. I do want to catch up and play that, and we definitely want to do a review in the future. Other stuff got in the way this year, unfortunately, to do the review, but we will definitely look at doing a, a retroactive review of those video games in the new year. So I'm definitely going to look at playing those games up until a certain point in The Devil in Me, which Jordan has told me where you're at, and I will stop playing it at that point. Yeah, they are great games. Obviously, I've already mentioned that. Um, I don't know about comfort because they they do tend to jump scare and generally be quite put you quite on edge. But uh, yeah, they're fun. I think I think the reason I class them as comfort games is because they're quite short. They're, they're not like massive epic games. They they're just a good length of game where you could just play them and give them a go. And also, they are on Steam Deck as you can play on Steam Deck as well. So. Like identified, I might just play on my PS5 to get the full visual experience because it's more of a narrative-driven game. But they are playable on Steam Deck. So there's my there's my honorable mentions. So um, I think we should uh, go to Fergus for his uh his first game pick. So this is so this is game comfort games games that I'm going back to. Um, Halo Infinite would be the obvious one. I've casually mentioned it many times before because I am. About a hundred hours into this, mostly multiplayer. Um, the reason it's a comfort game is because I've kind of grown up with Halo and um, very familiar. It's entertaining. Um, it's not. It's, it's it's weird to call uh, a shooter not aggressive, but it's like everyone's quite because it's team based. Typically, um, it's just random people who you don't know who they are will. Uh, squat at you and then you'll follow them and then you'll be roaming around in a warthog with a stranger shooting baddies for like 45 minutes and it's just a really good yeah it's just a really good place to be really like if I'm not in a great mood the be- the place I go to is uh, Halo Infinite multiplayer perhaps <laughs> throwing, some, throwing some plasma grenades at the enemy that's definitely an interesting selection yeah 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 um you can play it really casually as well as the thing like you don't have to be all up in ranked mode to enjoy it like there are social game modes where you can just sort of fire rockets at each other and what have you so it is it, I th- yeah it very much knows what it's doing and there's just a sense of humor to it um like i kind of physics engine have a sense of humor 
<laughs> yes, yes, Gary's mod definitely can. Gary's mod portal games like that could get get goat definitely simulator. That, to be honest, yeah, go, yeah. goat sim. Oh yeah, too. I also love the fact that Goat Simulator Two is named Goat Simulator Three to fuck with people. I think that's. Great, I saw that. Honest. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was that was like, where's this Goat Simulator Two? I would have bought this if I'd known it existed. Turns out it doesn't exist. I honestly thought I just wasn't paying enough attention. I was like, oh, freeze out now. Yeah, that that tracks. Games come out when I don't notice all the time. And I'm like, oh no, they're just trolling us. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's yeah, it's uh, yeah. My go-to currently is Halo Infinite, and you know, I've grown up with it, so it's kind of a comfort blanket game for me. I mean, it, you know, the game series is like over twenty years old now. Or it, yeah. It's over as no, I think no, it is twenty years old now because it was two thousand. It was two thousand and two. It first came out, I believe. So, you know, yes. the fact that we've been playing this for twenty years, it is yeah. it's definitely a good choice, man. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, great stuff, dude. Yeah, um, actually, um, I, I probably should uh, check out Infinite again. I was think I was saying to you earlier, um, I need to check that out now that they've made some improvements. So maybe that will be like a sneaky one for uh, what I'll play over Christmas as well. But um, yeah, for my first pick, um, I will head this up by saying uh, I find simulation games, i.e. Like, on like builder games, quite relaxing. Um, you know, you can just kind of sit, lose yourself in building up a big city or a, a, a factory or whatever you're doing. So stuff like that I've played in the past has been things like Pharaoh for an old one, um, Factorio, like um, City, um, city Skylines has been one. But uh, recently... One that I've been getting stuck into is uh, RimWorld. I've mentioned it in the past, but RimWorld is just really great for uh, loading up a colony. Like, you know, you have an idea of how you're going to do it and just, you know, starting from scratch, build up a, a thing, establish yourself. And before you know it, you know, several hours have passed by. I mean, yeah, I've, I I do. I did used to love playing Age of Empires 2 back in the day and getting the cheap mods on and just, just building up, like going through the different ages and just building up and everything, just, you know, building up the cities and having a really good time with them, you know, doing the custom modes and everything as well. Or in, um, you know, just, just games like that. And also, I know you are a massive Civ fan as well, like a massive Civ fan. And I am considering, because I've, I think I've got the basic version of six, but I know they're doing a humble bundle at the moment for Civ and some other, you know, creation type games. So there's definitely something to possibly look into myself or possibly you as well, if there's anything on that collection that you don't have, which you'll probably have most of them anyway. But yeah. So check that out. Um, I will <laughs> say for Civ, uh, Civ 6 is the most recent one. Um, as with all Civ games, you have to really do have to play it with all of its expansions because they make the game more rounded out. Um, but yeah, so for me, like I quite like simulation and strategy, sorry, simulation builder games anyway. And yeah, for me, I'd say RimWorld is the one, my go-to. So do you want to give us your first pick, Nick? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think uh, I'm going to talk about a little game that uh, myself or Chaz will eventually complete. Uh, completely complete. And he might know where I'm going with this now if I'm saying completely complete. I'm talking about Hades. Uh this, so I think after the Game Awards, when they announced uh, Hades 2, which came out of nowhere, a lot of people expected, you know, Supergiant, because they don't usually do sequels to their video games. They thought maybe it's a small DLC because, you know, the art style. Some people originally thought it might have been an animated show, which I'm not going to lie. I'd be very intrigued by it, to be honest. But, you know, now we're getting Hades 2. I decided I'm going to give Hades a completion a proper go like i'm not gonna lie i have god mode on because i'm not amazing at these games so you know obviously if you don't know god mode in hades every time you die it gives you a one or two percent increased defense to your you know into your health as well so it's not it's, it's not a cheat mode it's just people who need a little bit more assistance 
And also, when you first complete the game, it adds a new buffer where you can like increase enemies' health by four hundred percent if you want. Like, you, it, it's it's ridiculous the amount of options they've added. And obviously, now I have the Steam Deck. I think it's a perfect Steam Deck game. Like, just lying in bed and just like playing this game for like because you, you can complete that game in like forty minutes. That's just a, that's playing Hades on a train journey. I'd love to be on a train journey and get through Hades in forty minutes. To be like, I did it. I went on a long quest, both virtually and physically, and it'd be amazing to do. And I know, I just think it'd be great over Christmas to say to my housemate, who's been having the running joke at me for the last, you know, so many times now, how many times you've completed Hades? I've completed it once. How many times you completed it? About 20. I'd love to be able to show and go, yeah, fuck you, I completed it now, finally, to the proper ending. Yeah, that's a great pick. And actually, I've picked up Hades as well. Um, your house might be happy to know I'm working my way through the epilogue story stuff because there's still like a big chunk of the story that I'm like, what is going on here? Like, I'm not sure what it is. Obviously, I won't spoil stuff. But um, yeah, you know what? Uh, that's a great pick, too. Um, I'd say at first when you're learning it, it's probably not like such a comfort game, but at the stage I'm at, uh, where I'm working through the heat levels and, as I said, the epilogue, uh, it's, you know, you kind of have a rhythm and it's quite easy to to, to to go for a run, to build up a build, get into that. Though I imagine I'll get to a point of um, reaching the end of that curve where the heat levels are going to get insane and I'm just going to start, you know, start it's going to start becoming brutally difficult and then it will very much not be true i'm not gonna lie i just i literally just want to get to that epilogue because i don't care about you know adding heat levels you know adding all these more difficult challenges i'm just a narrative based guy i don't care about you know master charges we're getting to a cluster protocol at some point because fuck that game um but yeah hades i just think it's just um i, I just love the idea and also i think the you know the dialogues in the game the music the music is quite calming even when you know fighting a lot of the time and the art style is just very very soothing to play along with it's not it's not too overly flashy it's very all the animation is very self-contained within it so it's not it's not too it's not too bombastic on the screen and i think it's just a really good comfort game for christmas to play yep i'm definitely going to be playing more of that actually trying to get the last of the um the lost of the story stuff done yeah great pick man yeah i said i want to get all those collectibles and um you know upgrade the shield because the shield is my go-to in the game you know i i think that's the best because i'm a very defensive player that's the best with the ball rush and everything i think it's a very great weapon to have so yeah, we're gonna roll about to focus now okay so next up of game i very often go back to is stardew valley um i'm at least 120 hours into this last time i checked i've probably played a few times since then still working on the same farm uh still haven't even uh completed the community center because i can't fish at all <laughs> i mean virtually or in real life uh, both <laughs> I, I just can't do it so uh, working towards maxing out everything else um yeah, it's just like a slow progression. There's a day and night cycle. You can sort of wander off. You can collect things. You can talk to people. This I've been playing it for so long. And there's still so much to do. I've not even resorted to mods yet. Um, it's a great game. It is a great game. Um, if you've ever thought of just sort of leaving your job, start your farm, uh, play Stardew Valley first. It'll probably give you more or less the same experience. Um, or, what, or watch the Jeremy Clarkson documentary where he starts a farm. <laughs> It's not really the same vibe. You know what? I was considering uh, putting that in last week's episode for like a chill TV show. <laughs> that was one of the like fringe picks. Uh, Clarkson's Farm. 
but yeah, um, I haven't played Stardew Valley myself, but uh, it's pretty well known as like a super chill game. I think another example is um, uh, Animal Crossing, right? So yeah. Mm. I think Stardew Valley has a lot more going for it than Animal Crossing. Because um, I think I must have... I've kind of exhausted Animal Crossing in about 10, 15 hours, maybe. Um, I don't have a huge amount of people who are also playing Animal Crossing at the same time as me. So, um, the whole novelty of visiting each other's islands, people coming to visit my island, is just not happening. So I've got to the stage where I've sort of built a few houses and I'm trying to farm for villagers... Did you uh did you have Elijah Wood appear on your Animal Crossing farm? No, oh, sadly, sadly, I haven't even figured out how to grow turnips. Um. <laughs> I don't like. I'm not gonna like because all I heard about that game was is you literally start off in that game massively in debt. Yeah, it's it's not a good game. vibe. Like, yeah, that feels very calm. Yeah, horrible. It's like Tom Nook's like pay your debt, pay it. It's just it's not like. I don't know. Just the, the underlying mentality behind it makes it considerably less chill than what Stardew Valley is. I feel um, there's some cute characters. Like I'm a big fan of Isabel, but it, I didn't really get a hundred hours into Animal Crossing. Sadly, yeah. Oh, great pick, man. Uh, yeah. So my next pick, actually, Nate kind of foreshadowed it accidentally because uh, I do want to talk about Civ Six. <laughs> so um, I knew it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Like all the games I play are comfort games. Um, but yeah, I actually call Civ Six my um, hangover time travel game because uh, on multiple occasions, uh, on a Sunday or a Saturday, if I've been out and I'm kind of hungover and I just want to kind of skip, you know, the whole hangover business, I'm like, right, let's load up Civ. Let's just delete this day out of my life. Um, and you know, just it's very effective at that as a lot of people know civ 6 is super addictive that like next turn next turn next turn thing um and i just I, for the same kind of reason as room world you know you can build up your your uh your empire um there's a lot of decisions to be made and it's quite strategic um but for some reason for me i i get into a rhythm i find that quite chill um so yeah civ 6 my next pick I mean, um, I just remember, like, you know, the party you had, the virtual party you had, and the, I, I never seen such brutality towards people in that kind of game before. And I'm just there in the corner, not realizing I'm doing extremely well in this game. And then there's just like a mini war going on, like not far from my location, which I didn't even expect, which I thought was hilarious because I was like, what, 12, 13 of us at that point playing? And it was just like, it was madness, madness. Man, that was a shit show, not going to lie. <laughs> uh, we we had, so I believe at the time, Crossplay, or I think it had just launched on Epic. Um, so a bunch of people had the free uh, base version of the game. Didn't really know how to play it. Uh, Civ 6 is a bit dodgy on multiplayer anyway. The cross-compatibility, man, that was, it was messy, but it was a good laugh, yeah. Oh, it was so funny! It was so funny. Like the like the arguments, like fr like at least three of us were having because like invading territories are just like knocking people out, and they weren't supposed to be doing it. Betraying it was just like it was perfection for an evening, to be honest. Yeah, it definitely was. Well, the only reason that was happening is because we had probably too small of a map, and everyone was fighting for space. But yeah, that was pretty fun. I just had my corner. I was just like, hey y'all, 
come 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 visit come visit Nate's chilled corner. It's great, man. Uh, <laughs> that's why you were doing well. <laughs> yeah, because I came like third in the end, and I was like, the fuck? I did like I was just clicking random buttons half the time. Yeah, so I was button mashing. I'm not gonna lie, fuck it. But no, uh, so for a game like you know just moseying on around and everything, I'm just gonna take it. You know, I'm definitely making a segue into my next game here. For a game where you like to mosey on around, partner. I'm talking about Red Dead Redemption 2. I've uh, recently just started getting back into this game. The fact that, like, I, I'm, the Steam Deck is going to be mentioned a lot this episode because I think it's going to be definitely complimentary because going home for Christmas, I'm taking my PS5, my Steam Deck, a laptop, and that's it. Like, you know, laptop for bigger games, Steam Deck for the nice chill games. But Red Dead 2 could be playing on either, which I think is awesome. I've just got past the long intro section, which I'm not going to lie. I'm half and half with a lot of the time because I love the snow. I really do. But it's quite long to get through. So I finally got to Valentine region and now I could just explore the area and I've, you know, killed the first bear. And I just want to, I just want to explore the world again. You know, I just want to go around like a breath of the world. I just want to explore all the different regions. Like the fact there's a vampire in Red Dead 2, which I never found at one point. Oh, there's meant to be a vampire. Like I want to do, I want to rob some trains. I just want to, I just want to like escape into the world because when I did Breath of the Wild, I was having a bit of a downtime and it really helped me just escape into such a massive map. I think Red Dead 2 is the same way. You know, okay, I might get shot a lot easier, but um, I just think it's one of those games to go back to and it looks still stunning. I, I would have loved a 4K, like, you know, push of this game, like, you know, a bit of an update on, play on console. Unfortunately, they didn't do that for PC, they did. Uh, but not for console, which is a bit frustrating. But, you know, I want to go back onto R for Morgan's Adventure again and just uh, just mosey on around the trail. And uh, I'm going to keep saying mosey because uh, it's just uh, the biggest uh, Western thing I compare it to. And uh, partner, I just want to go exploring. I just want to go exploring in Red Dead Redemption 2. That's my next pick. You were saying it's quite long, but as you said, I feel like for that kind of game, you would want to just go around, do the side missions. You can, like, build can you build stuff in that game yeah there's an entire section of like a lovely little like section where you build a house and then there's like a little uh, music in there with it and like it complements the uh, video and then once you're near the completion of the building it does like an outro video and everything there's the hunting pack as well if you're into that sort of thing um ultra accurate uh animal ai was one of the dlcs so you can actually like just just yeah, just take to the wilds ignore all the humans and just sort of hunt crocodiles. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to lie, I hunted one crocodile and then another one had caught me off guard and I was not expecting it. So, yeah. You've just triggered a memory in me where I tried to do that, like, years ago in Skyrim. I went and I was like, I'm just going to be a hunter and, like, make money off of hunting. Uh, and I found a deer and killed it and it only dropped venison, which is worth, like, 10, whatever the currency in that game is. And I was like, oh, well, that's lame. But sounds like Red Dead's got that mechanic way more fleshed out. I mean, I don't know, like, I know you can have carts in Red Dead, but I've never had the ability to, like, put, like, a ton of, like, different skins or animals in a cart, because I'd actually be interested in doing that. I don't know about a cart. You can put them on the back of your horse, certainly, so I'd be surprised. Yeah, but when you want to put a deer in the back of your horse, there's only space for one. So, you know, you come I'd I'd love to, you know, Uh, I'd love to go out and just, like, kill, like, 20 deer. This really sounds very masochistic to say. And then just go and and sell them and everything. I just had that guy. I just had a really stupid visual come in my head where, uh, <laughs> you know, like in Death Stranding, where the guy just stacks like boxes of boxes. Yeah. Do that with your horse and a bunch of oh dick. <laughs> God damn it. 
And then your horse is like staggered around, like falling down hills because it's too heavy. Oh, I'm just, I'm just like, I'm just thinking like when you, you know, when you're riding the horse, the, 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 the animals are like, you know, doing like a wave as it goes up, oh as you're riding the horse and everything. Like, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's that's fucking hilarious to be honest. But that's uh, that's my next pick. Uh, so yeah, that's my next pick. Awesome. So my next one is kind of a double. Uh, the Forza Horizon series, uh, four and five, mostly the ones I've kind of completed they're just a very good environment to again just sort of um be in like there's not really much there's a lot to do but also there's not a huge amount of pressure to actually do anything you can collect cars you can soup up your cars you can basically make your own custom tracks just driving around um this is quite a lot of multiplayer and sort of uh, multiplayer ghosts you can sort of drive around toot your horn at someone and then you're in a race with this randomer uh again just round sites that you will probably know because they're quite good at putting in uh real life locations in a sort of fairly condensed map so for forza horizon 4 it was the uk so you could drive around stonehenge and edinburgh and bits of london and the cotswolds and this sort of thing so it's like Again, it's just a very good game to sort of... You can put a, a fairly infinite amount of um, hours into it. I mean, you'll run out of collectibles. That's probably the only thing to be said um, negatively about it. But, like, um, still content coming out. Uh, as soon as they finished making content for 4, 5 came out, and they're still making content for 5. Now people can make their own player-based tracks. and I... the Hot Wheels... The Hot Wheels, I've completed Hot Wheels. Yeah, Hot Wheels was pretty good. Trying to drive the Hot Wheels cars on the regular roads, though, is just... <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's just... A, I, if you want to land to explore and you don't want to get out of your virtual car and have access to the world of real-life cars, uh, the Forza uh, Horizon uh, series is for you. It's only one I'm putting a lot of hours into. Awesome pick, man. Yeah, I, I've not played it myself, but my partner's played a ton of it on our TV. Um, and, well, Forza 4 specifically. And yeah, um, the the countryside looks amazing. Um, it's obviously, as you said, the English is set in England. Um, and that's really awesome for me to look at because uh, uh, I like exploring the English countryside anyway. So that's kind of comforting in its own way. Yeah, mm. I think because also, like, going off of that point, the countryside, the fact that they're doing Fable is another big thing like you know the fact that 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 game looks stunning and they are using playgrounds engine for the next fable and i'm i cannot wait to see how the next fable is going to look in there yeah you know what i was thinking the exact same thing that is like the thing that i'm most excited about when it comes to playground making the new fable apart from that i it's a bit of a black hole in terms of what visibility we have but that's like the one thing i know they're gonna nail oh yeah definitely i think um well, you're gonna, you could just get a four by four driving through the family environment, just like destroying a bunch of houses or one. <laughs> I was gonna say that I hope there is a massive emphasis on kart racing in Fable to uh, make use of all of the wheel and acceleration physics. Just drifting, just drifting in a car and having your horse slide through the mud, like, absolutely hilarious, to be honest. Uh, okay. Anyway, uh, I'll do my next uh, pick then, um, and that is uh, Slay the Spire. I mentioned that earlier. There's a lot of foreshadowing for my picks in this uh, episode. Um, but last week I spoke about uh, Schitt's Creek and watching that while I was recovering from surgery earlier this year. Um, Slay the Spire was my um, 
my game that I was playing during that time. Uh, it's just a card game. You can play. You, know, you just play it with the mouse. It's really easy to play in terms of physical movement, which was great for me. Um, and it's another one of those games where you can just kind of get into uh, an addictive loop of uh, trying to complete the the spire over and over. Um, the game plays very very tight, really well tuned. The visuals are a bit to be desired, um, but I felt the same about RimWorld, and I love that game now. Uh, so yeah, Slay the Spire, my next pick. Nice. Uh, I, I I know a lot of people that play this, to be honest. So it's, it's never really been on my radar, to be honest. I think with card games, I'm very, I'm very hit and miss. I think like with with um marbles uh marvel snap i think like it's very quick for me and i know and like you you're into hearthstone and that did, did you ever play much of gwent a, a little but um i never quite got into that to be honest i think that uh hearthstone is quite encompassing when it comes to card games so i've only really got room for a couple but i do like to check out others every now and then yeah no because obviously you know go back into the you know my next pick which we're going to slide into now so obviously uh, this game has had a, its recent, literally yesterday, next-gen release update. We are going to be talking about The Witcher 3. So it's been, a, it's been a few years now since I played The Witcher completely all the way through. And now with its next-gen update, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tackle that 150-hour campaign again. I'm going to do a lot more exploring and maybe play a lot more Gwent. So I was uh, digging into the Gwent a little bit there and uh, just see how it goes. I'm, the problem is at the moment, like, I'd love to play on PC, which is a bit frustrating, but they do have a graphical issue at the moment where basically it seems that 30 series cards are having a lot of performance issues. They are working on actually getting that sorted. So I'll probably play on my PS5 because I actually love the fact that it was a free next-gen update as well. You didn't have to pay for it because it actually incorporates a lot of the mods from the community into it. So they've incorporated, like how um, Skyrim and all those like Fallout have used mods as a basis for that. You know, CD Projekt Red have done the same thing. And it does look a lot better. It's included an additional side quest and also armor from the Witcher TV series. So I'm looking forward to actually playing that. Um, and obviously, you know, we're getting the Witcher prequel series, uh, Blood Origin, uh, on Christmas Day. So what better way to complement that with playing the Witcher 3 again, going into that. And again, again, that could be quite played on Steam Deck quite well. So I'm uh, definitely looking forward to giving that a go. So that's, uh, that's my next pick. Yeah, I am considering picking up again. Uh, I never completed the last DLC. So Blood, Blood and Wine? Yeah, I got absolutely uh, slammed by... The first creature that you get a contract on, I went in without any um, supplies. and. It was about 100 hours in at that point, so I think that was a fair place to leave. I mean... But um, if I'm going to pick it back up again, it'll be now, I think. I mean, you could say it might probably do when I first ever tried to play The Witcher 3, where I played it for three months and then the whole Xbox pause feature corrupted my save file. So I didn't end up playing it for five years. And then I only finally played it when The Witcher TV show came out. Uh, but yeah, that was um, that was quite frustrating. But we're getting, we'll probably get into a little conversation at the end about uh, the whole Henry Cavill thing. But uh, we'll, uh, yeah. yeah, but that's my next pick, uh, The Witcher 3. Okay, uh, next up we are getting heavily into Nintendo, so Super Smash Bros, or the series thereof, because I've been pretty much consistently playing it since the Nintendo 64 version came out, and I am still playing it with my friends today. Um, it is one of the most quintessential party fighting games out there. Um, now it's eight players um, at work every lunch, we very much used to get 
people together and play this and it just became sort of i guess a ritual and it became is yeah it became its own community uh and i think it very much is out in the wild as well um people have their mains people have fans of characters but people will also retro engineer the game and their switches to find frame data and hitboxes <laughs> so people can take it very very seriously but you also don't need to take it very seriously even whilst playing against people who take it very seriously like so you can be against a link and uh ganon who are gonna fight to the death and they like know all of the frame data you could turn up as a jigglypuff and ruin their day and it's great <laughs> it's great i absolutely love it um yeah to be playing a game quite so consistently for again must be over 20 years now i'm just waiting for the next one and it's inevitable updates uh really yeah brilliant game i mean like i um i remember playing uh, we, we had smash bro tournaments back in the day and i'm not gonna lie I don't even know what the fuck was happening half the time in those games. I was like, oh my god, just hit the buttons, hit all the goddamn buttons, just try and knock someone off the screen, and like the whole the percentages is going up, but that that your damage resistance actually lowering? And I'm like, the fuck is going yeah. on here? Yeah. Like, I'm exactly the same. I just picked Charizard, try to breathe fire on people because that's fun. I just went with Link because I like swords, and Link is you know Link or Pikachu or something like that. that. Those were my selections back in the day, to be honest. Oh, or Sonic, and just like spin back and forth across the screen. Just that'd be really <laughs> annoying. I kept falling off the stage as Sonic. Too fast. <laughs> Too fast. Yes. Um, you've got to learn your characters. Uh, they've all got like moves that will undercut someone else. But you've or, got to, you've got to smack have... someone off the fucking map like no end. I know. The brief fire is Charizard and Bowser and spin with Sonic, and that's what I do when I, for some reason, end up playing that game. Usually, it's enough. It's enough. It, it, that's the that's the great thing about it. Like even if you're against experts, that is can be enough. Um, yeah, it's a it's a brilliantly balanced game series. Get into it if you've not played it before. That's cool. An illegal spy agency discovers the theft of a prototype weapon. Derek, codename Confused Llama, and his handler Frank, codename Majestic Vol, investigate the theft. A naive man with fanciful notions, Derek sets out on his inept journey to reclaim the weapon from villainous hands, unaware of the hidden tale following him. Enter the world of Confused Llama, A Spy's Tale, a short comedic spy thriller available on Amazon in paperback or Kindle. Nice one, dude. Yeah, um, yeah, my next pick, uh, it was also foreshadowed earlier, um, I think uh, I'm too predictable these days, but uh, Fable 1, I spoke about it a little bit. Um, for me, it's uh, every now and then I just load it back up. It's, to be honest, quite easy, which I, is why I consider it a comfort game. But it's also the fact that it's, you know, so ridiculously English and quaint, all those little villages. It's just, I find it very cozy and comforting and familiar. Um, all the accents as well, just from, you know, they're very familiar to my ears obviously being uh english and i don't know i just load it up every now and then when uh i feel like having a playthrough and uh just get back into it finish the story it's it's pretty quick to get through um i do want to do the same for fable 2 at some point because i do enjoy that one but fable 1 is my uh one of my go-to's for that 
So I think I only ever really played Fable 2 and 3, to be honest. I don't think I ever played Fable 1 properly all the way through. I'm not going to lie. And I'd love to go back to them at some point, but I, I believe they are quite dated now, which is, you know, probably from someone who didn't probably play them as much back. Like, you know, if you if you played them a lot growing up, there might be a different story. Like, you can go back and play them. But I think, like, for those sorts of games, probably I just missed the opportunity at that point. Maybe. Um they did a remaster of it, which I was kind of disappointed with. It looks better than the original, but it still looks kind of weird. Um, I'm mostly speaking about some of the character models. However, I would say that the humor and the atmosphere and some of the mechanics still really hold up. Nice. It's got a charm to it, and, you know, sometimes charm could be timeless. Yeah, so I think uh, going off of that, you know, going on continuing remasters and it's not a complete remake, so I'm going to talk about uh, something that you might not be expecting me to talk about. I'm going to talk about... Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII. That's um, that's a game I'm actually looking forward to. But Chad's like, oh, okay, did not expect that game to be game to be mentioned. So during COVID, I finally played Final Fantasy VII for you know remake for the first ever time. More a case of Final Fantasy in general. The only other Final Fantasy games I ever played before was the demo of eight, where you hit the beach or something like that. That's the only thing I remember of eight. Outside of that, it just was never my. Never my gaming interest growing up. It was um, like Spyro, Crash, Final Fantasy was never really my thing. And obviously they changed the combat style a little bit for um, for remake. Uh, you can still can play the classic style, but obviously with um, you know certain characters coming into Seven Remake going forwards, you know in Part Two and Three, I'd like to understand some of the character narratives behind other characters. And obviously Crisis Core is about Zack. And, you know, the, the, I believe it's like six, seven years prior where we actually like learn, you know, his soldier history with Sephiroth and another character and whatnot. And like, you know, actually getting into that. I've heard like it's quite interesting. It does follow this old combat style. It, I don't think it uses the new combat style the remake does, but I've seen some footage of it. It looks really fun. Uh, I'm going to see if it plays, plays on Steam Deck. Um, I think that'd be a great game to play on Steam Deck for a little bit, you know, have that in the background or have that in the background playing. And uh, yeah, again, like with um, I'm hoping we get seven part two news um, in the new year because I think it's time that part two comes out like next year or early 2024 at the latest. So it'd be good to play this like in the intermediary at least the year before the next one comes out. So I've got a bit of that Final Fantasy goodness before going into the next title. So that's, uh, that's my next pick. So next up is a game I'm not entirely sure how I can play currently, uh, but Diddy Kong Racing. When it first came out in 1997, kind of became a family obsession. Um, I think this was the first time I managed to get my parents interested in games at all. Uh, uh, So it's a particularly, I guess, challenging uh, mascot kart racing game, but it's there's a lot to it. Like it's not half-assed at all. Like it took me and my family taking turns for several Christmases several years really to actually um get anywhere near the final boss of this game uh admittedly as a seven eight nine ten whatever year old um but again the multiplayer is a huge was a huge part of it because you know invite three of your friends round have a evening playing diddy kong racing and Again, these the sort of these sort of early multiplayer game experiences have been, has been very uh, important to me because that's mostly where I got my friends from. 
So, um, yeah, Diddy Kong Racing is still bought up in my household to this day as, like, the catch-all term for games in general. Um, So (laughs) it's that game. Um, If it's not already on that Switch uh, Nintendo 64 subscription, it should be soon. (laughs) That's a great pick. Um, I had to resist the urge to kind of spam my list with really old games i.e like mega drive and ps1 stuff because to me um old games when you come, you have the nostalgia coming into it too they're like very comforting to me um so i was like i could just pick a bunch of like mega drive or old like pc games that i play and i was just like nope i'm not going to but uh that's that is the reason why i like that pick of yours same kind of idea yeah but cool um yeah so my my final well yeah my final f- pick i suppose uh is one that i'm actually hoping to play over christmas um i don't own it yet but i'm hoping you know santa will be nice to me um and that is uh, pokemon scarlet um i've heard obviously there's been some mixed things about scarlet in terms of um some of the visuals of the environments but uh i've been watching some of the gameplay changes they've been making um you know making pokemon so much more non-linear um bringing in some pretty cool looking new designs um and uh i've i've been you know i've been swayed so i'm looking forward to checking that out uh, i used to be very into pokemon um and the recent games have kind of um dropped me out of it a little bit but pokemon scarlet looks different enough that i'm intrigued and i hope that i will get to play that over christmas i um <clears throat> i think the last pokemon game i played was let's go pikachu because i was interested about you know the whole Re, uh, Kanto, uh, re, uh, you know, remake of Kanto, the original Pokemon game. I was quite, you know, intrigued by that. And obviously, everyone got into Pokemon Go at one point. I just, <clears throat> I don't know what it is. The fact that like, when they revealed that thousand of Pokemon recently, I was like, what the fuck is going on now? It is like, what the fuck? Surprised it's only a thousand, to be honest. Um, I am that guy who is still actively playing Pokemon Go. It is like my go to and only mobile game. Uh, that I've really stuck with. I think people have tried to imitate it, but it's just not not the same. No, I totally get that. Yeah, I'm um, really into walking, so I picked up Pokemon Go uh, during the summer again, um, and I was playing it for a good few months. Uh, the only reason I j- dropped out of it again was that I felt like um, I kind of ran out of new stuff to be doing. It was always the same Pokemon I'm encountering, and I don't really take part in raids and such, which I think is probably my own fault. That's personally why I dropped out a little bit. Yeah, casually grinding uh, egg hatching can be quite rewarding. Um, and especially if you're trying to sort of at the stage where you've got quite a lot of Pokemon, but they need to evolve. Having a Pokemon as your buddy to catch to get rare candies is also, yeah, I, it's a, I run a walking club for the secret reason to hatch Pokemon. <laughs> Wow, the secret is out. Oh, it's, it's, it's a very good byproduct of doing lots of love walks. I never, I never thought about that, to be honest with you. <laughs> that is definitely a good way of doing it. Imagine doing those 100k challenges for, like, yeah. Pokemon yeah. Go. Like, though you'd have to stop a lot to try and catch the Pokemon, but it gives you a nice little respite yeah. while you're doing the walk and everything. Yeah. See, that's why uh, <clears throat> I'm a little bit at odds of it, because I walk fast and I don't stop. So, you know, when I play Pokemon, I have to stop and, like, get a thing and then fight a gym or whatever and i'm like no i need to keep going i uh, most rest points of note because typically you would rest at a pub or a castle or a bus stop most of them will either be a poker stop or a gym so you can normally 
take half an hour to eat your sandwich, get a Pokemon in an obscure gym, catch some local Pokemons. Um, I mean, I do. Uh, I do know people, you know, where we are that go out in, like a group of eight on eight to ten and like go together and play Pokemon Go, go out at night still and everything. So there yeah. might be a little group you can join, Fergus. To yeah, I've met them around town. I'm terrible at raids, but I yes, I occasionally go with those guys. Nice. Some Pokemon's. Yeah, that's awesome. So uh, th- those are your final selections. I can keep going endlessly. Oh, okay, um, so we'll we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll wrap that up. We'll, we'll wrap up my final selection now because I wanted to have that this little segment at the end after this. But so my final game is Marvel's Midnight Suns. So so uh, this is a game I have been playing, but uh, I've been playing about twenty hours of it so far. But I'm looking forward to getting more into it because it's about a sixty to eighty hour game if you play it in its entirety. <clears throat> it's uh, by Firaxis. so obviously it's like I want to say it's XCOM style, but it's actually taking um take a different approach it's using the persona uh style of basically like you know stories outside of the abbey which is like the the rest of the case you can build friendships and you can build like new abilities from gaining friendships and you know find new exploratory areas and new costumes and upgrade your characters there there's a narrative element there and then when it gets to the actual game itself chaz might be interested in this it's a strategy game with combat using cards so i know that it's a card-based strategy combat game. Basically, you um, you you, def- you you play levels, you gain items, and then you unlock certain cards you can upgrade later on. So you get double cards, you can upgrade them even more, and so on and such forth. Uh, you you can you can edit your decks to specifically. There's like 13 heroes, like Spider-Man. There's like Wolverine, Hulk, Scarlet Scarlet Witch, Doctor Strange. It's based on an actual team in comic books as well. The Midnight Suns, Blades in there. And you actually create a custom character called Hunter, male or female. Um, you can, it, there's not too much customization with them. I will say the voice acting isn't perfect for Hunter, uh, which is a bit frustrating. But like, I'm actually getting some good narrative points now. Uh, there's also like characters you might not recognize as much, such as Magique and, and Nico Moreau. Um, she was in the Runaways TV show. But basically, it's like this whole you have to stop Lilith, the mother of demons. I won't say who the hunter is because it will spoil a bit too much, but uh, it's going really well so far. I've just met Wolverine in the game. Uh, so you fight a lot of heroes. Like the first villain you fight is a like it's basically like a demonized version of a Marvel villain, which is pretty cool. But you have all these card game elements. You have like your you can redraw cards. You have like one or two move abilities per turn. Uh, you can actually like interact with objects, jump over them, and attack people as a free movement. You can draw. You can, you know, you can have special heroic abilities. Ghost Rider is a fun one to play as actually, when you can drive across the map and wipe out five people or maybe eight people who are in a line of his uh, car pathway. I'm really enjoying. Like, I think the combat side is like really, really good. I didn't expect how good it was going to be. Chaz is like really intrigued by this now, to be honest. Um, yeah. And like, I loved XCOM. And like, when I first had a card-based strategy game, how's the, how the hell are they going to pull that off? Quite well. The you know the abbey like the abbey relaxation stuff i don't mind it's actually it's all right but the combat is where it's it's where it's making its good source from and it's uh i'm definitely looking forward to getting into that more and i know deadpool is going to be one of the additional characters coming in the future dlc for this game so i'm definitely looking forward to that so that's my final pick for games to play or continue playing over christmas yeah, I must admit, I'm intrigued. I, uh, I mean, obviously, I've heard of Midnight Suns. You've talked about it a little bit before. I didn't realise it was a, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. Like a card-based, based... Att- card-based strategy game. Yeah, turn-based strategy game. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've not. I guess Slade Aspire does something similar, but not. Yeah, it, it's, it's different. 
Yeah, I might check that out. It looks very unique. Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's it's definitely a new style of game, and I, I'd be very interested to see where Firaxis can take this game forward, because I think it is a new genre. I feel like, well, not a new genre, but a new exploratory game design into itself. So obviously there are going to be bumps along the way, you know, perfecting this, but I think they did they, they pulled up really well, to be honest. But very yeah. nice. Got yet another thing to potentially check out. Yes, no, that's awesome. But yeah, no, that's it, people. That's our, that's our final selections. I know uh chaz effects could go on for much longer but we don't want to drag you on for, uh, for all night of all the game selections but there was some lovely honorable mentions comfort games and games we're looking forward to playing over christmas that was a really good selection so that's the actual end of the comfort video games for the show but i think i'm actually going to hand it back to chaz now for his mini review for violent tonight the new christmas movie starring david harbour and john liguizamo yeah, I, I, I wrote when I after I got back from seeing it, I did write a little spiel about it. So I'll just I feel like uh, I feel the same way as I did then. So I'll just say it. Uh, so, yeah, um, for me, I found it was OK. Uh, the tone was quite strange to me personally. I think that it was intentionally strange because you have kind of the the violent and the the somewhat gross out humor juxtaposed with wholesome Christmassy themes. Weird, but I think that was intentional. Um, David Harbour was great. Um, he carried it. I think um, the villain was also uh, a lot of fun. Um, I think some of the writing was uh, it was okay, but it was weak in places, um, and not all of the humor hit for me uh, personally. But I have heard that uh, a lot of people found it hilarious. So again, just a taste thing. Um, but yeah, definitely some fun sequences and uh, a fairly unique take on a Christmas movie. So yeah, for me, not bad, not great. All right, watch. Not sure if we'll go back to it. What rating would you give it out of 10? Honestly, I probably would give it a six. I mean, that's not, you know, that's not bad. That's still, that's like, a, you know, a Netflix casually watch kind of movie, to be honest. You know, it's just something on the background. And is it long? Um, Actually, it's just under two hours. However, I will say the ending did drag for me. So it feels longer, unfortunately. Interesting. Like, again, as soon as I saw the fact that David Harbour was playing Santa Claus, I was like, I'm in. I'm automatically in. That, that man could, you know, like, I'm looking forward to him being in the MCU more. I'm looking forward to seeing him in Finishing Stranger Things. I'd love for him to come back to Hellboy one day if they could like try and drag him back, if they can actually do a proper good Hellboy sequel, because he was not the bad thing about that, to be honest. And Santa Claus? Hell yes. And I know I've heard like all the villains are named after like, you know, Christmas things like John Leguizamo is Scrooge in the movie. And like, I think that's quite funny, to be honest. But you, you did actually say that, that you never saw a trailer for this film as well. Yeah. So I went purely off of the uh, poster. Um, knowing David Harbour was in it and the title. So actually, I kind of thought it was more of a uh, less wholesome, more like, to be honest, some kind of slasher movie type thing. So obviously my expectations were a bit off. Um, I don't know if that's the advertising of the movie or the fact I didn't watch the trailer, but a lot of people don't watch trailers these days. So I'm not sure. I think perhaps that might have tainted my expectations, considering that I thought it was something different than it what it was um the 15 rating also kind of gave me an idea that it would go more in that direction too and less in the wholesome christmas um type of movie did you recognize the uh, the dad in the movie as well like the actor from another from another tv property that uh, was uh, that came out recently oh man you know i'm bad at this he looked familiar so he played vicious in cowboy bebop oh, okay i haven't seen that 
Okay, well, well, fuck it then. Uh, no, like I will say, the trailer definitely put into point out the fact that it is a very ironically violent movie from the title, and I could definitely see the whole horror aspect, like the thriller aspect, because there is a movie about a killer Santa Claus called Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two, a sequel to that movie where he shot garbage days ago down and uh, you know a cul-de-sac shooting people and. Again, like I'm, I'm just looking forward to this movie. Just you know, eventually being able to watch it, I'd love for it to be able actually out before Christmas, like actually on Christmas Day to watch. I think that'd be really good to have. Uh, it just uh, made me remember. There's uh, there's a Mark Commode series on uh, films. I think one of the episodes, especially on Christmas films, uh, was on like violent Santas. And Santa's doing things Santa shouldn't. So there were lots of references like French films. A bad Santa came up. I was about to see. Yeah, I was about to say that. So, yeah. It sounds like uh, this film kind of fall, falls firmly in that sort of category of murderous Santas. That's kind of what I thought, but it. I, obviously, I'm not going to spoil it, but it's not really that sort of film. Um, mm. And I think that's again partly why I maybe was expecting something different. So, well, you know, at least you enjoyed Santa Claus in the movie. And, you know, that, that that's a good part of the movie, to be honest. I'm definitely looking forward to seeing it, to be honest. And maybe, again, you know, you were right in saying a lot of people were having different reviews, uh, opinions of this movie. The reviews are averaging, I think, about six or seven for a lot of people. So I think that is a good way to look about it. But that's still a good movie review, to be honest. You just put on the background during Christmas. And maybe it'll become a nice cult classic in the future. I think it's definitely a uh, put it on the TV, maybe after you've had a meal or something and you can kind of somewhat chat over it i don't think it's um particularly worth going out to see in the cinema yeah maybe it's one of those movies that would have just just done better on streaming to be honest but again you know we'll, we'll see how it goes uh so i do want to touch on one fun thing we were going to talk about this being and we did mention in the witcher section but obviously uh going to the future people we will be having a bigger discussion on the current state of the dc universe movies going forward so just like animation tv and everything because some major news came out today the fact that henry cavill is officially no longer playing superman he uh james gunn basically has uh come out and stated that they are going to be focusing on a younger clark kent superman who's in his early days as a reporter and that means that there'll be no henry cavill but i have i have, have seen as well that james gunn is actually writing the superman movie so you know the fact he's, he's not directing it he's writing it and supposedly he has been working on this for a while. So this is probably the secret project that he's been working on. And he has stated that a lot of people are concerned that Superman has been put on the sidelines. And James Gunn has stated that the most important character for DC right now is Superman. So I think that it's an interesting fact that they've basically, now with Henry Cavill gone, it sounds like, you know, Patty, Patty Jenkins has left Wonder Woman in free because her vision didn't align with what they wanted. Aquaman is the interesting one because that is a billion dollar franchise for DC. So what are they going to do with uh, Jason Momoa? There is talks of Lobo, if you knew that, Space um, space Bounty Hunter. Uh, Shazam 2 is coming out. The Flash, which, mm, okay. That, I, think that, I think that will be the movie to reset the DC universe if they're smart about it. Because there's, you know, Flashpoint literally resets the DC universe. Just do that entirely. They are basically getting rid of the entire Snyderverse, which I'm not going to lie. I'm a bit disappointed with some characters won't be around anymore but some characters you can easily adjust like shazam and aquaman possibly outside of that but superman and batman aren't coming back uh it's confirmed that robert pattinson's batman will be separate still from the dcu so that's good there'll be joker and bat pattinson's batman will be separate that's good to see 
Um, but a lot of people are right, really like attacking James Gunn today. Like, you know, fire him. He doesn't know anything. They've ruined, they've ruined DC. And I'm like, okay, guys, this guy has been handed a moving fire train. What's going on? He He's trying to cool the train down, pull it on the tracks, slow it down, make sure it goes into, you know, he's got a lot on his plate. It's not just him. It's him and Peter Safran. They are working together. I say, give these guys two free films and a TV show or something, and then start judging them on it. You know, start judging them how it's going to go. To wrap this up, though, supposedly we are going to get our first, like, look at what their first few plans are in January. So in January, we will, uh, obviously, you know, we're going to be doing a looking forward to 2023 episode. Maybe we'll have a special episode actually discussing the DC universe going forward, because there's also rumblings of Marvel reworking phase five and six because phase four wasn't up to their expectations because there was a lot of missteps with that so it's very interesting to see that you know people are harking on dc but there's rumblings that marvel as powerful as it is as big as it is is having its own re- retool as well and i think i think that is needed sometimes to be honest that is really neat you know when you get this far in it really is needed and also there's a lot of rumblings that kevin feige is looking at henry cavill right now like Come here, pretty. I've got Captain Britain for you. Like, come, come play him. There is a lot of discussion to be had mm-hmm. about what is next for Henry Cavill because this has left him in a situation with no no franchises. No franchises. He left The Witcher because it was going to be Superman, and that was great. Now he's no longer Superman. A lot of people are very interested in Henry Cavill. I mean. I know they've stated that he probably won't be Bond because they are looking for a yeah. early 30s aged Bond. So I, I can understand that because they are looking for an actor that could play for 10 years. Now, get me wrong, Henry Cavill is only like 39, 40. So he's still quite young, like, you know. Yeah. And d- they did bring Daredevil back and he's, Charlie Cox is 40. So, you know, it, it's not like you can't bring, but I can understand them wanting to go with a younger actor for Superman or young, y- younger than Henry Cavill as in, in his early days. Mm. And give some more mileage out of it if they were going to run it for like 10 years of Superman or well, something. Well, Cavill was 30 when he played Superman the first time. So, and that was his beginning phase. They also have stated that this won't be an origin movie. It will be, you know, it will be him and his, like Spider Man Homecoming. He would have already been Superman for a little bit. And I think that's the best way to go. We don't need to see, you know, in, in comic book movies, you know, the Wayne's dying. Uncle Ben dying, Jonathan Kent dying. We don't need to see that again. Um, well, this is this is something that really got me with the latest Batman film. Like they started at year two of Batman, assuming that you knew the previous quite complicated history of Batman. Um, Not that complicated, to be honest, though. Uh, when you get to year two, he's already put a Joker away, supposedly, maybe. Or yeah, like, okay. It's like yeah. there's a lot of room for um, deviation there so i hope there's at least some kind of context given otherwise it's gonna be like this film just doesn't make sense if you haven't spent the last 50 years buying all of the superman comics well i know james gunn has stated that he actually has spoken to cavill they've had the discussions and there is actually a possibility of working together in the future in something project related so that'll be very interesting bringing actors already played actors your characters back for something else and also they have discussed had talks with ben affleck about directing a DC film. So that's that'll be interesting as well. This is going to become a whole thing, isn't it? Because DC and Marvel have solidified actors' identities as singular superheroes, and not all superhero franchises work out. Um, normally, 
pre-Marvel and DC, um, action heroes would pay, play many different characters because they were just that action hero in that action film. Now that's not happening. We're running a risk of running out of actors. Um, I mean, you, you say this, but like we do have a like huge young crop of actors coming up. Like um, I, I know, uh, so Jenna Ortega in the Wednesday TV show, a lot of people saying she can't be a Marvel or DC a Marvel because she has already played like the daughter of a senator. I'm like, no, you, you could shut sh- sh- up, you could do that. If mm. Vin, Vin Diesel can, you know, do like Groot and then play possibly play another character later on, or um, you know, if uh, in, in Lord of the Rings, John Reese Davis could play Gimli and uh, you know Treebeard. You can have characters playing different roles as long as that, you know, it's completely different. And you are right, though, like, you know, Hollywood's like putting people into a certain box for their characters, because I'd be interested to see where Dave Bautista goes next. Because I know he said that this Guardians movie is his last movie as Drax. So obviously we don't know how that's going to play out with the movie. But like, could he like taking on new things? Be interested to see mm-hmm. where that goes. But yeah, no, Um, obviously, I think this is a bigger discussion when when the new when the initial plans come out, because we've had these DC 10 year plans before, but I like the fact he's only going to be giving us a few of the films first, like, you know, to see how that works out and then we'll go forward from there. But yeah, no, I just wanted to touch on that because that is a, that is a big news item at the moment, to be honest. And I definitely wanted to hint at that, but that's pretty much it. Is there any uh, news items you guys want to talk about at all? Or shall we, uh, should we wrap this episode up for the week? Nothing as big as Henry Cavill. I mean, uh, do you reckon he'll slim down a bit now, possibly, or he'll keep that physique? That'd be I, interesting. I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, if you Google Captain Britain on Twitter right now, that is literally the one of the main things up at the moment. He's literally the, um, and also he, Captain Britain is a he. He's like a mystical um, Captain America, like Captain America type. He works with Blade and the Black Knight and the Midnight Suns, like you know the mystical type. So, like Arthurian, like he has a sword and a shield and everything, and be very interested and interested for him to do that and also there is a marvel character called sentry which is basically like a anti-hero evil version of superman so and he has a big s on his stomach so that'd be quite funny if that happened uh but yeah well they may be running out of actors as Fergus says but they're not running out of characters comic characters those. honestly mm. play marvel snap and the amount of characters that like you know um i we I can very much be brief because I don't want to talk about that because no chance going to afford to it because obviously Across the Spider-Verse is coming out as well. And have, uh, have you yeah. guys seen the trailer for that? Oh, I need to see that, but I am excited no. for that one. Yeah. All I'll say is, right, the whole running out of characters thing, that trailer proves that, yeah, going to run out of characters because this is part two of three. So like Beyond the Spider-Verse comes out in 2024 as well. And the trailer we saw, like when you do eventually watch the trailer, Chaz, it is a... um what the fuck uh is going to happen in this because uh, it yeah it, it blew my mind what what could possibly happen in this in this uh film to be honest and it comes out next june so that's 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 good we got a date actually for that yeah i mean uh, that's just another little talking point of uh the whole looking forward to 2023 movies and all that so yeah oh yeah definitely there's so much content coming out so much content coming out next year it's going to be ridiculous yeah when i was sat in the cinema yesterday there were so many good trailers um i was reminded of dungeons and dragons as well i need to see that there's, that there's looks a, so fun there's a lot coming out next year i'm actually looking forward to seeing the whale it's the new a24 film with uh, brendan fraser he's getting a lot of acclaim at the moment for that movie and um i'm definitely looking forward to it and there's a new movie with uh, Wacom phoenix coming out 
where it's an A24 movie, but it looks like they've de-aged him to like a teenager, like a boy teenager type on the poster. It's very creepy. Very creepy. Is A24 the people who did everything everywhere? Yes. Aha, I'm learning yeah. things. In that case, yes. I'm interested. Yeah, no, Brendan Fraser, I'm definitely... And also, another from Brendan Fraser said, Everything Everywhere All I Want was his favourite movie like of this year or the last couple of years. So, you know, that man, that man is so humble. So humble. But speaking of that, though, people, we are now going to wrap the episode up this week. It's uh, been, you know, it's been great to have you all again here again today. We actually did some interesting topics and then little outro discussions, which we've never really done before, to be honest. But we like to mix it up, people, for the Christmas tidings or the Christmas holidays. You give you a little bit more of a Christmas treat, say Christmas one more time. Uh, and, uh, yeah, so if you've got any questions, queries, or compliments, or what are some games that you enjoy playing that just love going back to, or games that possibly, you know, you... Like, you look forward to playing over Christmas, or maybe you have some topical discussion points on Spider Verse, Henry Cavill, even the DCU. What DCU could do, please keep it tame as well. If we have any like really harsh emails, I won't read them out because I think you we, we don't need that negativity. If you've got good constructive criticism, though, please send that to us at nmi podcast at outlook.com. That's nmi podcast at outlook.com. Uh, we'll put the link in our Spotify, iTunes description, everywhere where you can basically see it. Um, you know, you can email us there. If you want to find our socials, Twitter and Instagram at nmi cast, send us a at on there or, you know, tweet mention, uh, you know, when we send out the promo, promos for the episode or a nice little private message, we can actually read those, up, read those out in the air. I'd like to thank Ferguson Chaz for joining me again today. No problem at all. It's been a pleasure as always. Yeah, man, good to be here. No, it's great. It's great, guys. Thank you very much. And, uh, you know, we will be doing one more episode this year. It will be the Christmas episodes, uh, the Christmas episodes, the Christmas movies of uh, for Christmas. I can't really, I can't really talk. Uh, I'll get that one more time. Say people. Christmas one more time. <laughs> yeah, Christmas, <laughs> the comfort Christmas movie. Ah, oh, get right. People, I, right. Last time, comfort movies for Christmas. Yay, I did it. Yay. Okay. Woo. Yeah, folks, just like pity clap, pity clap for Nate. <laughs> Uh, and Chaz is just like, haha, rubbing in a bit more. But yes, people, we are now we're going to be doing comfort movies for Christmas, and then we'll be doing our top lists of the year, possibly early next year, and then what we're looking forward to in 2023, as well as a special episode possibly on where the DCU will be going. But I've been your host, Nate. People, stay safe, everyone. Have a good Christmas if you don't hear it beforehand. But look for us in the final episode. Stay safe, everyone. Bye bye. Christmas.